0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking installment of the Map Around Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, all about their epic failures in business and kind of what they learn from it. So with us on the line is Jordan Greenfield, the founder, rather, and CEO of Hubie. Welcome to the show, Jordan.
1: Thanks for having me, Matt.
0: Cool, dude. So uh, I've been checking out what you guys have been doing at Hubie, but uh, why don't you give us the elevator pitch, man? What are you guys up to there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So be is the home on the web to the top celebrities and creators, people like Tom Brady, Jeff Bezos, Chris Hemsworth, Alex Earl, um, Do With The Sign. The list goes on and on. Most most commonly known as their Lincoln bio, the primary place that they drive their audience and their fans to across social in order to take action, um, purchase, see their recommendations for things like Amazon, um, so on and so forth. So that's a, a little bit of background on be. So
0: what's the problem in a tweet, would you say? Like, what are you resolving for for your customers?
1: Yeah, so the, the, the core solution um, from the start is that these social platforms only allow you to have one link in your bio. So really giving them that one centralized location where they can showcase and tell the story of everything that makes that creator who they are. And that one centralized place where their fans can access that.
0: That's crazy, here. Um, well, that's amazing. Thanks, bud. So, listen, uh, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this series. So, what is your story of fail for our audience around the world today?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's, some of it was was um, related to, to stuff outside of what we can control, and I think oftentimes um, failures do do come from that things that that are outside of your control. So, how do you really um, handle that and, and move forward past that? We built a platform about two months before the pandemic that we had launched that was intended for driving people to physical locations. So it was still in the creator space. It was an influencer checking platform that allowed influencers to go into restaurants, spas, fitness facilities, hotels um, for free or special accommodations in exchange for sharing that experience on social. So we ended up investing a lot of money into building out a platform. And like I said, we essentially launched it 60 days before uh, the pandemic. And It had a great start and the pandemic hit and, um, we ended up, um, we ended up being in a place where we almost had to shut the lights out. We had taken on investors in order to build out that platform, um, completely out of our control. The fact that the physical world shut down, but I think the biggest thing is, is to, um, not really dwell on that, but to to try and figure out what's, what's the next step.
0: Mm. So what actually happened then? I mean, that's, that's got to suck dudes (laughs) in a major way. Like what at, where did the, where does that story go?
1: Well, um, the story goes is that we invested a lot of time and energy and resources into becoming what, what we believe are experts in the creator economy. We learned a lot through the process of building up that platform. We learned we met a lot of people. We built a lot of relationships with some of the top celebrities and creators in the world through that. And our intention has always been to solve solutions around the creator economy. And, um, and so you find yourself smack in the middle of the pandemic. It's how can we leverage all of our, our learnings, our findings, the relationships we built in in the process of getting us here and continue to provide a solution for them? And so I had built something very similar to, to what we have built now with Hubi, um prior to, to actually the pandemic and launching that, that influential check-in platform. but there was all this digital chaos at that time. And so we wanted to continue to solve a solution for those people. We set out to, to, to solve a solution for, which was those creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we, just really leveraged, uh, all the resources that we built along the way.
0: Great, man. So what did you learn from that experience, building a, a platform that, uh, you know, quite frankly, didn't, well, it failed, right? So what did you learn from that experience? What's, would you hang your hat on as a kind of a key learning or insight?
1: yeah i mean I, I think the biggest thing is is don't dwell um dwelling on it uh, tr- trying to feel sorry for yourself about the fact that you put all this hard work in and then this' pandemic hits that doesn't get anything solved and so I think that any anytime, anytime you find yourself in a position where your backs against the wall it's not about how unfair it was it's about what are the steps to get us back on track what's what's the next big move here um so I think that that that's probably the biggest thing for me it was it was a dark especially when you're a CEO and founder, you can probably relate to this. It's it's, when you have your back against the wall, right? Like that. And you have a lot of people that are depending on you. It's very hard, uh, very easy. I should say to, to sort of crumble up and, 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 and um, not really know what that next, that next move is. And so it's really just about not dwelling on it and and figuring out, okay, your backs against the wall. That's the time when you need to go through the process. You need to just start taking steps towards what the next move is.
0: Mm. Um, how do you deal with the emotional side of that sort of a failure because you've taken on money i mean that sucks as it is i mean i'd hate well i've raised capital but would hate i hate the idea of being responsible to investors i'd rather bootstrap it that's just me uh but Mm if just the idea right like the principle of it's like are you giving you giving me whatever like two million dollars to build this thing and then the thing dies like it sucks Mm -hmm. like how do you deal with the emotional blowback of something like that
1: I mean, I just use it more as as motivation. I mean, your words, everything when you when you take on investors' money, you have to figure out a way to to get them a return. Um, all the investors, I mean, the the inflection points we've gotten to now, the investors that invested in the first concept, they're very thrilled with where we are now because we didn't leave those investors hanging. We didn't We didn't start a new company, create a new cap table. We pivoted. We used the resources that we that we had had sort of gotten. During that time, whether it be the relationships, the understanding of the space to continue building, it can get emotional to your point when you are taking on um, outside capital. I think there's a couple things in, in sort of my world that can be um, pretty stressful. It's, it's the investors, and then it's also, I've got 10 incredibly talented people that work for me that rely on me for, for their paychecks um, and, and people that could go out and get incredible jobs elsewhere if they wanted to and really believe in our mission. Uh, and so for me, it's it, I think the biggest thing in the way that I deal with that is transparency. I mean when you're going through when you're going through difficult times as, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, there's hard conversations you're gonna you're gonna have to have with your investors. there's hard conversations you're gonna have to have with your employees. but as long as you're transparent with with them um, in a timely fashion, you'll you'll normally be surprised with the way they want to support you on both the investor and the employee level.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's actually a, that transparency approach has worked for me. Like I've missed payroll a few times. Like my last company was like 55 people and COVID also, you know, story. And then you ha- there's only one way to manage that sort of a situation which is quite frankly beyond your control It's just to be transparent. And say, look, you know, this is the situation. Here's how we're planning to mitigate this. Um, and yep. we will keep communicating with you. I don't, you know, I think any other approach where you try and smoke and mirror your way out of the truth is like, it's never going to work well, work out well. Absolutely. For you.
1: That's why you see these kids getting in trouble these days too. Yeah. Like transparency, transparency is, is everything, especially when investors are, are uh, part of the equation.
0: Yeah. Ruthless transparency. Yep. <laughs> yep. Awesome. But so if you could go back in time, what would you do differently?
1: I mean, it's, it's when, you're, when you're in it, you're like, holy crap, why didn't I do this? We're in a pretty good place right now. So for me, it's like you feel like all of those things were necessary to get you to where you are today. I was talking with Chad earlier. We, we've we done um, some work with 50 Cent in the past, and I look up to him a great deal. But there was one quote I had come across where where essentially what he was talking about is like, as an entrepreneur, as an artist, whatever it may be, there are, there are times when you feel like you're ready and you're deserving and and the results aren't quite coming to you. And the way 50 describes it is all of that battle you're going through when you think you're ready and you're not quite getting those results yet, that's what's preparing you for when you actually do get there and the storm that awaits you when you do get there. Because even when, I mean, it's, this is all a, a game of like, what's, what's the next step in, this, in this, this startup journey? But when we raise our $10 million round in the next month, and we bring on twenty more employees. There's going to be another problem that I would be faced with, and all the lead up and all the struggle that we went through over the last eighteen months and through the pandemic. That stuff's going to be what prepares me for the issues that come at this next stage. And so that's the way I kind of think about
0: it. Mm. How much do you agree with the statement? Your breakdowns are oftentimes your breakthroughs. Uh,
1: I, I, I think it's. I think it's very true. I think. I think that there is no better. No better way to truly understand yourself and who you are as, as an entrepreneur, as, as, as a builder, um, or who the people around you are than when your back's against the wall and when everything's going wrong, that's when the, that's when the true colors always show. And so I think, I think in order to really get to understand your, your, your team and you and and the intricacies of, 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 how you guys, how you guys are building together, I think you must be broken down. You must go through those hurdles um and so i think i think it's all part of the process and i think it builds character as a team
0: Mm, amazing (laughs) tell me um what is your advice to other ceos in terms of the importance of failure in becoming successful in business
1: um i think that uh i'm a big podcast guy so I, i think it was sorry for all the quotes but um, I think it was Joe Rogan that, that was talking about like the top entrepreneurs in the world and what's different between them and other people. And I think the top entrepreneurs in the world, the the Jeff Bezos, the Steve Jobs of the world, they eliminate the emotion that oftentimes slows us ordinary people down um, because I, I think. When you're going through your day, it's like how many how many smart decisions can you make on a daily basis, and how quickly can you move through those? If you're getting wrapped up in the emotions of things, that adds layers and and, and, and time to it. And so, um, for me, I think that it's it's really about if, if you're if you're really passionate about what what you are building. Um, that like, that's the most important thing as an entrepreneur, because like we've talked about, there's going to be so many trials and, and so many hurdles that you have to go through. So if you're not incredibly, incredibly passionate about what you're trying to build or in our case, who you're trying to solve a problem for, there'll be too many hurdles and you'll, you'll end up quitting, um, just because it's, it, it becomes too difficult. Um, and sorry to ramble a little there. No,
0: that's all good, man. Jordan, uh, do you recommend any books or tools or resources to other founder entrepreneurs, CEOs to use on their journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a pop star. I've got a one year old baby boy. So most of my books are, are audio. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I think that you can't overlook right now chat I use chat for everything. We use it for a lot of our emails, for a lot of our copy, even when I'm pulling together pitch decks and things of that nature. It's not something where we rely on that to, to sort of create our messaging, but it's something where if, you can't get writer's block with something like ChatGPT. There's not an excuse to not move through through uh, things quickly. So I think AI is going to big a um, play a big role in the in the tech space in the next two to three years. Not only as it pertains to our product, but also how teams teams work together. Um, and then there was a book I read a while back. I think it was Peter Thiel. That was one of my favorites. Uh, the book Zero to One mm. um, that talks about scaling a business. That was one of my favorite reads. Mm,
0: beautiful. Jordan, that concludes your time in the hot seat. Uh, thanks for being vulnerable on the show, dude, and uh, you know sharing your personal story of failure. And uh, thank you, man. I know this, uh, this kind of thing makes a big difference to my audience. So it's been a privilege hosting you on the show. Thanks a so much, Matt. Anytime. Thanks, everyone.